372 pages that we'll never get back. Hey, everyone, it's 372 pages we'll never get back. I am Michael J. Nelson. I'm Connor Lestoka, and i uh, that's the first time I've ever heard the lyrics to that song. Oh, you didn't know there were lyrics? It's like the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, no, wait, that one's pretty clear. It has very, lyrics. very famous lyrics. No, there's one. There's uh, Oh, Ma- maybe I'm thinking of MASH. Or, maybe I'm thinking of After MASH. Could that be it? I think MASH has, has, the, has lyrics as well. Isn't that like suicide is painless? Yes, you are correct. All, I think the, you're thinking of Sanford and Son. Yes, the famous Sanford and Son lyrics. Son lyrics. Uh, yeah, anyway, this is a podcast. This is one where we talk about, uh, Connor and I, talk about books that we will probably hate. We've been through the Ernest Kleinverse, and, and we are in the Goulart Shatnerverse now with Tech War. Tech Wars? Tech, <laughs> tech War. Tech War. You, you, you discovered the rest of the uh, Tech War novels today, which was something we had not really thought to look up. Yeah, that was a big lapse in our not uh, doing our research. Boy, oh boy, those were good, good titles. Do you have them in hand? <laughs> I do. It was it was a shame because we could have easily done it as a guessing game. But they, they, you know, you start with tech war and, you know, that's. Yes. And once again, one word. I think there was confusion about that. Yeah, we were confused, but like it's it, sure it's catchy. Like it's it, it delivers what it promises. Second one was uh, tech lords. Yeah. Sound fits in with the tech lords. Yep. Yeah. Drug, right. drug yep. lords and they're here and they're then they're running things out of their tech lab. Tech lab. Uh, I like it. Yes. Lab. I took a tech lab. Everyone in my high school had to take a tech lab senior <laughs> year. I did video tech. Uh, then, then they abandoned the one word thing. They start listing him as two words: tech vengeance, <laughs> which is a little. That's uh, getting a little into like uh, you know uh, airport novels type of things. Yeah, it doesn't that's roll different. off the tongue, but still, <laughs> yeah, they're at least they're in the universe. That's when they replace the actor who's been playing Jake. You know, they sure, they, they put yeah. Jeremy Renner to play him, and people are like, "What are we doing?" Like, uh, then it goes to Tech Secret. Ooh, not good. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've the car is spinning, the wheels are doing that floppy back and forth thing where it's like, "Oh my god, we are going to crash this thing!" But <laughs> then, then they start just drawing him out of the hat when the uh, when the when the agent calls and is like, "What do you got next, Goulart?" He's like, "Tech power." <laughs> sure, it does not matter at all. Uh, next is tech money like he starts saying them all hoping they'll accept them and they're like we do not care just crap it out man like uh and then uh, at, at number eight tech kill <laughs> that is so bad tech kill <laughs> you have to do the hard stop in your palate tech yeah. k- kill Right, and you can't make it one word because it would start looking like KKK uh, type of thing. And then finally, the uh, the series just whimpered out with TechNet. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, mm. That was 1997, so people sort of had the internet, and it, it sounded vaguely, you know, that could be a website like tech.net. And uh, they're like, this will be the last one. Uh, <laughs> TechNet is, that was probably one that Goulart didn't even write. He got himself like a subcontracted ghostwriter. Yeah, to to be honest, I don't know if I should be doing this. Let's uh, lift the curtain a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Connor and I at Riff Tracks have written a lot of uh, bad titles for things when we put out DVDs, and we put out a lot of uh, our shorts. And oh, yeah. Now, look, it's a meta joke, we know, <laughs> but our spreadsheet of our shorts DVDs titles would put these to shame. <laughs> <laughs> these these look very good in comparison <laughs> to true. what we actually write. It is pretty much the uh well, we've done fifteen of these. Uh we've used up everything that actually rhymes with shorts. 
We've done everything that like is a slant rhyme for shorts. I think the last the last one was one that was like, ah, the the walking shorts. People are like, fine, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, yes, it's like hop puns at this point. They don't. They're yes. they're not even trying to use the you know a, a homonym in there or anything. <laughs> yes. but, I mean, oh, I wish we I could see the list of that. The short shorts be with you was early on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was where it was like, oh, we, we got to lean into this. Oh, yeah. Handcrafted artisanal shorts was just like, well, OK, like if they're going to, you know, if they're still doing this at this point in time. It's it's 100 percent fine if we're. But no, I don't think anyone knows that we're sort of joking about it. That's the thing. Uh, how could they not? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Titles are it's like Rift Tracks itself. The whole point of coming up with a title or a name for something is. You know, it's the famously in The Simpsons, we want a name that will sound mildly funny at first and then will be instantly forgettable. And that right. that, that actually is a plus. And so, I don't know. Uh, right. I, I give if it we, to Goulart and the boys for coming up with those. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, if we, ever, if we ever make it to Tech Kill, maybe we'll be surprised that it's, uh, it's the one that's actually emotionally moving and... Uh, you know, has the characters that you're attached to, and when they when they do suffer a tech kill, it's actually a very. It gets kind of hard to hard to read. Wouldn't I that think. be like that? Would be the hottest of takes where you'd go around and you'd be at a dinner party, and you guys know about the tech wars? You know, interrupt any conversation. <laughs> no, actually, the first six were not good at all. <laughs> yes. But I'm telling you, I swear to God, you promise me you'll read Tech Kill, right? It would People be, would be like, and, get the hell out of my party. But you're not allowed to just read Tech Kill. You have to start because you have to like sort of appreciate what's what it builds on. And uh, the characters that are that are with you, it will, it will not be good if you don't read the first seven. Yeah, and then you you know the name of the ghostwriter for this one, like Goulart. I mean, he had his thing. Honestly, he wasn't <laughs> bad, but this guy, I mean, he went on to write these other things. It would be a tough, you know. It's like uh, if I'm reading Tech War the next time I'm on a plane, I will. Uh, I'll probably try to sell someone on that. That would be hilarious. Yep. Tip off your uh, take out your earplug and hey. You- <laughs> You know this you noticed, series? You, you noticed I was reading this. No, no, I didn't want to say anything. Like for the first time, this is an actual, this is a more of an deter- deterrent than earphones are. I am curled up next to the window with a pillow over my head, sir. Why are you interrupting <laughs> ding, me? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Um, well, yeah, well, you know, I was reading Tech War on the plane. And uh, that's uh, that's how I sort of finished the Thanksgiving vacation this week was sort of holding my hand in front of the cover and and hoping that no one was going to say anything or, or look in my direction because, uh, man, this is, you know, we've read, read some bad books and, but this one is just, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, it just sort of creaks along and, and it goes, it, it you know what he's stalled going out a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, we've <laughs> stalled out our sky really... taxi has, uh, is spinning around in the sky stalled. Yeah, that the technician walked in during like the fourth consecutive meeting with a character that you don't know and and don't know who he's talking to and that we'll never see again. And he sort of unplugged and plumbed it back in and was like, ah, I don't know. This is uh, this is a tall order fixing this one. Yeah. Oh, boy, it is rough. I should mention before we just dive in, because, uh, uh, man, there's a is there a lot to talk about or a little? I actually have <laughs> I have fewer notes, but I, they're more. It's uh, man. It's he he goes full goulard in this one. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 there's less specifics, but I think there's some some larger issues at play here that we're probably going to be able is, to. And there's too. repeated themes and everything. So just for those who are waiting for them, of course, all of our departments will be visiting later on. 
uh, we'll be stealing people's mail, right? We have mm-hmm. mail. Yep, yep, definitely. Yeah, okay. Got dumb uh, sentences of the week. Dumb sentences got, of the week uh, abound in this one. Yes. And we've got a uh, real or fanfic that is going to, I don't know if all of them are going to be tricky, but uh, there's at least there's at least one or two that I think are going to be really, really tricky. Yep. So, all right, to bring everyone up to speed, if you're not reading the book, you're a lunatic. You have to be reading this book. Uh, but uh, our hero is wandering around from bar to wrecked ship talking to people about <laughs> the tech uh, the tech industry, about a, uh, a, a man and his daughter who are trying to... Hot daughter. Hot, but slim. <laughs> slim, but hot. Uh, if you like that slim thing... Uh, and they've crashed in the Mexican, uh, a strip along, well, no, they're in Mexico. In the, they're not at the, they're in the Chihuahua province. They right. have crashed, um, whether or not that's a, they've been shot down by tech lords, whether or not they've been shot down by war bride who watches over the Chihuahua province. Nobody knows whether they faked the crash, whether they've, there's all sorts of, I mean, we still have not met these people, so we have no idea what's reasonable to expect. We have no idea, you know, the, which of these things they might have done because we have never interacted with these people. We've just seen videos of the man and his hot daughter. Yes. And mostly conversations in rooms with <laughs> Jake Cardigan. And that tradition continues in a big way. Although there is one notable brief action scene in the chapters we're about to read. So we've read up through chapter 11. We're going to cover chapters 12 through 15. Connor, yeah. do you want to dive right in? Yeah, it started with uh with with Jake Cardigan was was in a air cab being driven to some place that was not his destination. He realized they were going in the wrong way, and the cabbie was like, "Well, that's just your opinion, man." Um, when he said that, when he pointed that out, but um, the, the cabbie quickly reveals that uh, he's been wired uh, to transport Jake to this uh, destination against his will, so that if Jake tries any funny business, uh, it's going to end for, poorly for both of them. The cabbie says, "I've got to warn you." That I'm not your usual mechanical cabbie, which is a weird way for a cabbie to refer to himself, because all the cabbies appear to be um, mechanical. So even to say I'm not a I'm not your usual cabbie might make more sense there. But he tells him, "You use that gun on me," which Jake was considering, or even jab at me with a screwdriver, <laughs> which I do, I don't think what Jake was really considering as the next option. Uh, and we're both in the soup. I had that as a note going, uh, I think the cabbie doth <laughs> protest too much. He's, he's into that screwdriver stand. Yeah, exactly. I, I was not considered. I don't have one out. I don't. What you, are you talking about? If you were to poke it up through the back of the seat where, uh, you know, the, 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 the reclining portion of the seat meets the bottom portion of the seat, the place where my butt is probably going to be if you were to sir, jab it sir, at there. please, a, eyes forward and position. drive me, it even if you're going be- to kill me, please. <laughs> I just say if you were to do that, I'm not, not going to. I don't even own a screwdriver. Who carries a screwdriver into a cab? <laughs> We'd both be in the soup, even uh, and I don't mean that as the the drink below us. I mean the the pants soup that I have now, just by thinking of that scenario I envision. Oh, sir, please just drive. <laughs> uh, he says so. They've <laughs> continuing that train of thought. He's like they've they've got me rigged to explode, and I mean with a big bang. If I get diddled with in any way, <laughs> you know, Again, if a guy please. would want to maybe crawl up through that plastic uh, window, it's going to be tough. You could probably get through there if you wriggle and get up in here. And I'll press my ear against the plastic and you can just sort of lick the plastic. Uh, that will sort of I mean, that, that if you wanted to do that, <laughs> that would that would cause me to explode. I did uh, note or maybe I'm wrong. I think so that 
okay, the barrier between the back seat and front seat of a taxi cab is pretty much the plaz thing that's been mentioned 4,000 <laughs> yes. times, but this yes. time is not described as such. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's right. what, it would have been a legitimate use of this. If you're going to try to describe it to someone, that's the only time you ever encounter that, like maybe that and uh, you know, a, a convenience store that's in a bad neighborhood where you pr- press the money uh, between a drawer, like you talk to someone through that as well. That's hilarious. I went to a uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet, and I pressed my nose against the plaz shield that kept me from <laughs> sneezing on the onions, you know. <laughs> wow. Um, well, but there, never fear. There's plenty of new plaz stuff coming up, including oh, one that I thought was a, a brand-new low in the, in the plazaverse. Yeah, I have a couple of uh, double exclamation points, like, stop it, just stop it. Right. So I think this is pretty much, I don't know if this was, would have happened when this was a, a current event or not, but there was a, a sort of one of those true crime Netflix series, like a, a le- lower lower uh, echelon of these. It wasn't making a murder, it wasn't serial, it was, I think, uh, Evil Geniuses or a, Ring a Bell. Uh, no, no. Uh, it, Baby it Geniuses like... is one of my favorite series, but no, not Evil Geniuses. It was like, it wasn't one of the ones that people pull you aside and are like, oh, you need to see this. And then they talk about it, even though you haven't seen it. It was one that like one person is like, yeah, it's all right. And you're like, should <laughs> uh-huh. I watch it? They're like, ah. And you're like, well, it sounds okay. They're like, it's less interesting than I just made it sound. And it was like they had, they had got a pizza man and rigged a bomb to him to make him go, go into a... It was like I guess it was big news in Oregon or Washington. Or oh some, yeah, that was in, that, the, in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, early nineties, maybe. So yeah, he said he had a, a bomb collar on, and they assumed yeah. it was him. Yeah, that is a weird story, but it, yeah. And they they did blow him up. So that's maybe that maybe that influenced this. It was a little slice of life. But uh, Jake asks, "What's our destination?" And the cabbie says, "The Anaheim sector." And I, my response would have been like, well, Anaheim, let me just uh, poke you with the screwdriver right now then. And we can both <laughs> die. It will save us all the hassle of heading there. I noted uh, this um, while he was in the cab. Within three sentences, he said he described everything as the growing dark, mm-hmm. the deepening twilight, yes. the sun dropped, dusk, and then they dropped down into the new night. Yes, the like, new night. Look, we're already you. The noir angle of this is quite. We are stewed in this. We understand <laughs> every time that it's dark and there are shadows and guys have snap brim hats over their eyes and are lighting right. cigarettes. Just let's just assume that that's the case. Right. Knock it off. <laughs> the uh, the Calvin and Hobbes tracer bullet uh, is all anyone needs to have read to uh, to understand what they're getting at here. Yes. Uh, but so they they. Uh, land him he cabby lands him in a you know obviously a stand-in for disneyland in anaheim but an old uh, abandoned theme park um which you know as far as po- post-apocalyptic destinations go that's you know that's that's right up there that's where up with your uh your call of duty level set in chernobyl type of thing right <laughs> um so but then uh i was immediately intrigued because jake notices a, a pack of a half a dozen wild dogs foraging and fighting and it was just the sort of thing where i was like oh it just the stories that you could tell if you just like focused on those dogs. I'm sure that would be interesting. Like, what are these dogs eating? Like, what are they? What are, what are they doing? How did they get here? Who's the alpha? Like, do they? You know, have they occasionally torn a, a person to shreds and, and feasted on them? So my 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 mind traveled to the to the stories those dogs could have told. And then you looked at their plaz collar, and it was just like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm the Johnson's dog. Please return yes. me." <laughs> um, and then uh, we we get a, an interesting decision here. So the cabbie has been uh, hijacked. He's been rigged with a bomb. 
Uh, he can't be diddled with in order to deliver him to this specific, uh, interesting location. Um, and then uh, we get a guy who's not even actually there. Yep, we He's... went into the Ready Player One chat room. Is a... <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, yes. A uh, what, chat room or chat link? Oh, sorry, chat chat link. Sorry. It's, it, it, without it being parsed, I, uh, I'm, I'm having trouble imagining it. But yeah, it's one of those. Yes. Yeah, this was bizarre, and he brings him to an abandoned ship to put his uh, avatar in the ship. And yeah, th- and then he really doesn't. There's this one is very brief. I wondered, like, <laughs> why did you rig a cab driver to you know to not diddle himself? You know, for all of, you could have just <laughs> sure. he, he really could have just called him. The, yeah, or inside the seat of the cab. There was nothing that was benefited at all by having the presence of himself there. No, none at all. This is uh, Winter Guild. Is that Winter Guild? Is yeah, the, uh, yeah. So he's bald and has a, a a tattoo of a rose on the side of his face. Uh, okay, yeah, I missed the rose. Yeah, he's the he's the International Drug Control Agency head, right? Yeah, yeah. He's now the the field director for the Western United States, and I, I assume that like, you know, when he got the rose tattoo. He probably he like had some turnaround in his life. Like he went to rehab. He had been working as a strip club bouncer or like was in like a, a low level MMA fighter. And then he like he turned his life around and he was every job interview. Like as he climbed the ranks of the IDCA, he was just like, you're going to ask me about the tattoo. I, you know, <laughs> I had yeah. a rough stretch. In fact, that's why I'm, I'm into uh, drug control is because I, you know, I, I lost a bunch of friends and was going down that path myself. Um you can see that it's fading. I did try a few laser treatments. You know what? That is very ineffective. Um, I'm sorry. It was a woman performing a sex act, actually. Uh, they were able to turn it into a rose. Um, <laughs> I, my grandmother's name was not Rose. It wasn't anything heartwarming like that. It was it was the best cover-up job they could do because, yeah, it, uh, the removal act uh, failed. I have got to buy a hat. I, yes. <laughs> yeah. or, 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 you know, spring for that plugin that uh, lets you change your face or your emotion-suppressing software in the, <laughs> yeah. uh, in the chat link. So. Right. Uh, I, but, now, I thought that he was... I was trying to always figure out when he does these little brief sketches of this person in the scene. I, at first, I was thinking, like, is this Sydney Greenstreet from Casablanca? You know, like swatting flies casually with one hand and making you know, arch <laughs> comments to him like come come now you know we must but it's really i don't know who he's going for here yeah i like, wish he uh, would give me that shorthand but it's not really right, here exactly because he's wearing a sky blue fake silk suit <laughs> which is a new word that is of course one word fake silk of course that's a uh what their new definition of, I guess, um, rayon polyester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, poly. <laughs> a synthetic fabric. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Moreau, uh, era Marlon Brando, maybe. Yeah. Yep. That's another good guess. Yep. Just um, an eccentric character. He wanted to have him stroking the hologram of a cat that he had <laughs> or something, but uh, right. Yeah, right. And, and you know, it's like the, uh, the, uh, star Wars, uh, emperor Snoke projection, that sort of thing where, <laughs> yes. um, we watched a video about it this this morning where it's like, and so why did you have him sort of projecting into this terror, you know, giant impressive hologram? Oh, it looked cool. Uh, there was nothing behind it, and the character actually kind of sucked, which is you know essentially what Goulart was doing uh, back in the early '80s. So you know he was ahead of the ahead of the the game there in the uh, impressive hologram uh, game. Right. Yeah. I think it was just the language of he keeps calling him my boy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he is. 
damn near 36. No, what is he now? I guess Jake. Oh, I think, yeah, he's at least 40. He must be 40, right? Yeah, because he (laughs) he got married when he was damn near 36. Right. Um, so he's, uh, he, he does, he does that thing. And to his credit, this is more interesting than any of the other uh, identical encounters we're going to have over the next four chapters. But the, uh, the, the thing that struck me, uh, in this section was, uh, Jake asks him, uh, so you don't know where, uh, Kittredge and his daughter are? And, uh, Winter, Winter Guild responds, eh, we're not actually that interested in Beth Kittredge, <laughs> which would make them the very first guy in the story so far. Because right. everyone else has, you know, done the cartoon wolf like in the last thing about her. Yeah. Oh, the one coming up is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some there's some great stuff. And I, I fear that it's building to something that's going to be anticlimactic. I fear that I know what the uh, twist is going to be, but we'll get to that. Uh, oh, but yes, yeah, so, well, now you've intrigued yeah. even me. Wow. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Um, but yeah, so that's the, he, he asks him to sort of drop it. He's like, uh, you know, call off this, uh, call off your dogs. And Jake says like, well, you'd have to take that up with my boss. And I think he says we already did, but it's essentially like you're in over your head. Like, you know, you don't know what you're getting into. And you, you, I want to, I don't want you to get hurt. So stop investigating. Right. But then he basically so he brought him to this whole place and that never comes up. Like, why did you fly me? <laughs> you did all of this stuff. You could have, it would have been a phone call. Like, Hey Jake, it's me. The guy. Oh, Hey, yeah. Winter guild. How are you doing, man? Yes. Not bad. Uh, how's the freezer? Ah, uh, wasn't good. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, you're doing that thing. Like, just be careful. Thank you. All right. right. Have a good day. <laughs> right. Cause as usual in these things, you've got the, you know, you'd have the goons standing behind him and the guy's sort of there making an imposing threat. But all, all he really has to offer here is like, you know, a ride out of this place, which I guess in theory, Jake is able to find easily and uh, is able to call for. So there's no real threat of, of physical violence, which is how these scenes usually go down when you're asking someone to call off their dogs. Oh, I think that it's pretty threatening when he says, here's a quote from our Winter <laughs> Guild, reflect on my suggestions, Jake. I really don't want to have to worry about your intruding in my investigation. He, that that's it okay and then he says goodbye and, and then no and uh um jake says back to him if i ever meet up with something other than a projection of you watch out and, that, and that's the end so that's that's a whole chapter right. meanwhile the cabbie is like uh taking his next customer who playfully pokes him with a screwdriver and they both explode because he didn't know how to <laughs> disable the <laughs> I, I figured he was like looking in his trunk like trying to find the screwdriver and putting it in the back seat uh, <laughs> hey uh I, I don't know where they came from but there's a bunch of them back there but do, Weird, huh? do not under yeah. any circumstance <laughs> um yeah so it's sort of uh what it reminded me of is the uh those batman serials we did and probably just about any other serial because they these all sort of build and they have minor, minorly interesting settings and cliffhangers that are immediately either forgotten or undermined as the next chapter starts, which is just how those Batman things worked. It would be like, how will Batman escape this? Find out next time. And, you know, the next time it starts, Batman untied himself and was able to, like, leave the thing. It's like, OK, there's not even a, an effort made at, at how he gets out of these situations. Yeah, they'll they'll do the thing, the classic thing. They show the car exploding in the one. Like, right. oh, he's 100 <laughs> percent dead. And then, yeah, the next one, he just, like, leaps out and is right. easily saved. Yeah. Aha. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that, that's what it reminds me of. And uh, they 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 sort of contain continue this streak in the, into the next chapter which just starts off in another sort of exotic uh location 
Yeah, uh, it, this is, is what, uh, you know, that incomplete term or, I don't know, imprecise term called smash cut, mm-hmm. which which people, I guess, screenwriters like to put, uh, not real screenwriters, fake screenwriters like to put in their <laughs> smash cut to, that's like, well, any cut is smashing to somebody else. You don't need to say, <laughs> like, cut. It's just, it's we understand what a cut is. Sure. <laughs> so it, it well, cuts to him in another conversation with another guy who seems pretty similar to winter guild right yes he's just he's sort of like uh you know winter guilds um like an, an inverse almost like he's more like sleazy as opposed to the the fancy sort of creepy yeah uh but this guy is a this what's his name again i'm i'm searching for his name oh brother did i even jot it down i i assume oh, we were never jerry going to see... sundell <laughs> which sounds like a fargo name to me like, hey, yeah, Jerry, yeah. Uh, Jerry Sundell dealer. here. Yeah. Yeah, in Fargo. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's not that wholesome. He's a porno producer. Yes. Or at least a movie producer who smokes uh, marijuana with an H, which has come up. Uh, not the first time this has come up. I don't think we mentioned it the first time. I don't know what that's all about. I don't know. I noted that too. What is. So it changes back again in the future? Is he <laughs> doing that as a joke or is Shatner like. Look, when I was born in Toronto in 1927, it was spelled with an H. And damn it, in my books, it's going to be yeah. spelled. I don't know. Ah, it's puzzling. But it seems like to be more legal, I guess there were ads for it in the airport. So maybe that was part of the that was the legalization loophole they found. It was illegal to smoke it with a J. But once you put an H on it, that's, uh, you know, all doors are open. Yes. Um, but he he's uh, he's making uh, movies, I guess, because he's gotten out of the porno game. Um, he's, he's been out. This is another thing that I thought would be like, I I'd rather hear this story. I have been out of porno for three years, Jake, ever since the Supreme court West coast division ruled that showing sexual intercourse between lifelike <laughs> androids was as filthy and obscene as when humans screw. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like I'd read a, uh, I'd read a three volume history of that case. Probably. <laughs> yes. That was, uh, that was one of my dumb sentences. Oh, uh, oh no, fear not. Fear not. There are many <laughs> other dumb sentences, but yeah, but that is incredible. Like, it, you know, wrapping uh, all of that into, uh, you know, all the backstory and everything they, cause he said before that, uh, and maybe it's sarcastic as much as I'd like to honor our old deep friendship, Jake, buddy, Sundell <laughs> productions isn't as vast as it was before you. Uh, and that's the explanation for it. It's like, Wow, so big Supreme Court precedents when I was up in the freezer. Hmm. All right. Right. <laughs> right. I guess so. That was I didn't realize that took place during the thing. But yeah, just Im- imagining the uh, the the octogenarians on the Supreme Court having to rule in on that thing and being like, well, in the in the case of Oklahoma versus rig manufacturers, as like Ruth Bader Ginsburg is adjusting her glasses and <laughs> would be yeah. a. Uh, yeah, I, I would watch and read that. That would be that would be quite entertaining. Yes, uh, yes. The dissents alone, we could do podcasts on the uh, the dissenting. Right. The uh, the defendant remarked that the dis- the discreet openings there were several of them, and they were able to you know suck out the matter through those holes. It's uh, it's. Uh, I don't know many things that are filthy and obscene, but when I see them, I know them. And when humans screw life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the words "screw," "filthy," and "obscene" were used in the Supreme Court precedent, right? <laughs> and the uh, the the, the uh, like character witnesses who had to testify that like they actually do have a uh, a, a deep and abiding love for their body pillow would have been a, a great thing as well. Like <laughs> that would have been a as a, much a, as uh, we have to respect it. 
<laughs> Kramer, Kramer's body pillow versus Kramer's body pillow. Yes, but then a curious thing happens. Now, we talked about this in the last episode where our hero, the hard-boiled detective, is uh, he's confused by something. And let me just read this because then I have, okay. uh, I have a surprise for you because oh I unearthed something that I think will be shocking to you and uh, to our listening uh, audience out there. Yeah, you have more audiobook stuff. I know where this is going. Well, but this is even more special. Now, um, yeah, well, here's here's the thing I'm talking about. This confused me because he asks him what he's doing now. What is Jerry Sundell doing if you're not doing <laughs> porno movies? He says, the next one I'm going to do is going to be about the tech wars, to which our hero replies, tech wars? <laughs> and, then, and then Jerry Sundell continues, you know, the battles between the various tech interests, the battles of the various anti-tech government agencies. So... Once again, it just like how does he not how does he not know what this is? Yeah. And so I wanted to dig a little deeper. And uh I have a friend of a friend who was able to to give me a uh, a little snippet of a an aborted attempt by uh Shatner himself Whoa. to do an audiobook of this. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah, all the ones that you've unearthed so far have just been like sort of a full cast. Yeah, those are more uh, like for the, the audible thing. This is going to be a special release. And then I guess they diverted everything into the TV show with, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Greg uh, Greg Evigan, I believe, huh. played him. Wow. But, but anyway, this is... Actual, this is, yeah, historical content. This, I mean, is, this is Shatner doing it, giving a run at it, and this is an outtake from it. And this kind of explains why these why our hero is confused. An and, outtake from a lost to history project. That is correct. Also... Here's going to be shocking. This is the voice. The other voice you hear is of Ron Goulart, <laughs> the writer. Uh, yep. Wow. Wait. I don't know if he's ever been recorded on 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 video. This is going to be like that video they just found of uh, of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig together. This is in, wow. Hey, do you want to uh, quickly? We'll do, we'll do a retake of this. Take a giant sip of whatever beverage you have in front, and then I'll <laughs> say that again. Ron Goulart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. my God. Oh, your microphone is soaked. All right. <laughs> anyway, let's run it. This is the lost and outtake from the uh, Shatner Goulart reading of Tech Wars. Sundell sighed out smoke. My next movie's not going to be a porno. It's going to be about the Tech Wars. Uh, tech Wars. This is the first time hearing about it. Uh, well, tech Wars. You know... Tech. Mm-hmm. You're you're hooked on it, one, and you're investigating it. I'll take your word for it. And and what was the second part? War. You're telling me you don't know what war is? Uh, you start to say what it is, and I'll jump in. Oh, okay. Okay. Damn it! Break the tape. This is not my original dialogue. Bill, are you rewriting me again? Gulag, please. I'm rewriting me. Remember. So it's not Jake? It's you that doesn't understand basic terms and concepts? You send your chapters to me a few days apart. You expect me to keep all of it straight in my head? You called me and said, Eh, Goulart, I've got one word for you, possibly two. Tech war. Then you mailed me a $300 second party check from TJ Hooker with the words, for tech war book in the memo line. And now you're telling me you don't remember what a tech war is? No, no, of course I do. It, 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 it's, it's just the readers, you know. You have to 
You have to spell it out for him. Bill? Goulard? Define tech war for me. <laughs> Define tech war. Well, it's, um, it's clearly, it's an android that explodes when you touch it. Gotta go filming the final frontier and I gotta punch up God's dialogue. So there, that, I mean, wow. that, it explains where that confusion comes from. Yeah, yeah the, out, the quote unquote author of the book with himself was unable to understand his own title. Well, I mean, I, I, I can only just wonder what his reaction to Tech Kill was then, um, you know, when they, when they wrote that book. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe we'll find uh, versions of Tech Kill. Who knows? My friend was very circumspect. I'll, I'll have to, uh, I owe him a favor, so. Right. We've got, we've got a Tech Tech coming up. <laughs> yes. That's the academy where they go to learn how to manufacture tech and then. <laughs> that's right. Anyway. Oh, Wow. So yeah, that's 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 good stuff. Uh, it's it, he's what was his name the 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 movie maker? Oh, Jerry Sundell. So yeah, Jerry Sundell is is sort of going on about the tech war movie he's he's producing, and uh, he leaned forward in his chair. The movie will also have romance, a terrific subplot, and lots of bimbos with impressive tits. And so I was, <laughs> I was just I thought it was crazy that Disney hired this guy in the first place. Yeah. Uh, you know, given his background, this doesn't seem like their traditional. Fair, but hey, it has been four years, so maybe the <laughs> maybe the mouse has taken some risks. But the uh, the centerpiece of this scene, really, I felt was the uh, was the action sequence. Uh, action sequence is an odd way to put it because it's an action sequence that sort of just involves the characters standing there and looking. Um, but it's the uh, Jerry Sundell's mansion starts to shimmer and shake. Yes, another quake. Asked Jake, "Shit, goddammit, shit." The wrought iron tri- trim faded, grew dim. The wrought iron trim faded, grew dim, and was gone. Next, the thick cream-colored stucco walls blurred and disappeared. In less than three minutes, the entire house had vanished. So they have a, you know, Jerry, Jake says another sh- another quake. Jerry cusses, and then they then they stand there for three minutes. Well, as the house disappears. The house disappears, and now the way that he writes it, you don't get until after the fact what is going on here. Correct? Yeah. I did not yeah. understand it. He says, "Was that what was the house?" Asked Jake. A hologram projection, which he says, "Yeah, yeah, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than actually building." Yeah. So he goes to a guy's house. <laughs> he serves him, a, presumably serves him a drink or something, and they're sitting around and they're looking at the house. He drove up to the gate, or he sky cabbed right. into the gate, whatever. And then it's just a projection, and it disappears because he isn't paying his bills. Right, and it disappears, you know, in in the in the way that a actual uh, house might be demolished, as opposed to like uh, the people at Habitex Inc. flicking the switch off, and it like just ceasing to exist. Like they they build in elaborate uh, house repossession animations into their hologram houses, so that when your house is repossessed, like you you get to enjoy that, I guess. I guess. And also, again, <laughs> let, try to imagine, try to imagine that uh, you come over to my a- apartment and it starts disappearing. And then we stand there for three minutes. Another as, earthquake? As my walls and go. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> and then yeah, finally, for three minutes, I'm like, no, really, what's happening? <laughs> Seriously, I don't, Mike, am I in danger? Like, what should I do? Yeah. Are, is, are you affected by this as well? Why are you not responding? And then that goes on for like two minutes and 45 seconds longer. Yes. But I thought it was interesting. 
he says, you know, what was the house? A hologram projection. And evidently, I guess these are things that have once again uh, become commonplace, not only become commonplace, but invented, become commonplace in the past four years as he's been in the cooler. Right. Because it's something he's evidently not familiar with. This is not, you know, uh, a futuristic thing. Yeah. uh, So it's Habitex. Yes. Because he says. The the uh, the redhead yells at uh, Jerry Sundell and he says, "Oh, honey, I swear to God, I paid the bill to Habitex Inc." Which mm-hmm. was I'm glad he clarified because I would have assumed like if he just said I paid the bill, I would have assumed like, "Oh, I swear I paid the bill to the landscaping company," and then that's why the house is disappearing, or you know, I paid the phone bill and that's why our ho- our house hologram house is disappearing. It's important that he added that on there. Well, it's especially important that he added that they were incorporated. You know, where instead <laughs> we could just go, well, wait, what kind of uh, pass through? Is it a pass through company or is it a for profit? No, no, they're, I think in, they're it's an incorpor- LLC. They're fully incorporated. That yes, paperwork but is pending. Which level of incorporation? Look, <laughs> can we talk about this later? Yeah, I just want to know if they're if I if I do spend the money with them, if that counts as a write off, if it's a it's a five hundred one c or <laughs> also the thing that he gets from Habitex is a uh, a big Saco house. <laughs> so I'm glad that the word Sacco from like right. porn producer still lasts well into right. the future because things don't change. Yeah. They've still been saying that they've been saying that for so many years now. It's good to know that it continues. <laughs> but like, so th- if these, these houses have crept up in four years, I was just wondering, like, you know, if you had gone to into the cooler four years ago and like woke up today, what, you know, obviously a hologram houses um, are, would be a gigantic change of life like they'd be a brand new thing that would would revolutionize everything if you had gone to to sleep four years ago like what would you but then again if we had if those were being made they would have been on the horizon for a decade just as the same way that we've heard that like you know self-driving cars that's going to be a thing you know that's been a thing for for you know years now so if you went to sleep woke up four years later uh and there were self-driving cars you wouldn't be like what Right. Like, like, oh wow, they they must have made some progress. But Jake, evidently, like this whole thing has happened, um, you know, in the, in the span that he's been asleep. And I was thinking, I was like, maybe if I went to sleep four years ago and woke up and someone showed me a Nintendo Switch, I'd be like, oh, that's neat. I guess I, you know, I I didn't know they were planning that, and that's, huh? Yeah, yeah, you can play it here and on the go, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, so the house is a hologram. Yeah, we. I mean, we've had holograms since the '70s, <laughs> so I'm glad they've advanced it slightly since then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, the same way that, that uh, someone would, would call you to an abandoned uh, amusement park and then uh, hologram in to chat with you there as opposed to anywhere else. Um, yeah, they do that with houses now. So huh. so then in his own mind, he's like doing the, uh, you know, Abbott and Costello pointing back to the place where he had the hologram with the guy. And you made it into the now. What? That's one sock of hologram if I got that reaction out of you. But then, uh, so that's not the only thing that this guy has has evidently uh, been been lying about because he had the he had the sexy um, redhead. But then he's he's saying, Jake, I really have to get to oh, and then he stares up into the twilight sky, deepening sadness showing on his evenly tanned face. And I, you know, it, it it really really does it is it it is a deepening sadness when uh, when the people show up to repossess your sex bot. <laughs> it's just sort of. Uh, 
it's the way that you would, uh, you know, just sort of re- read read the news and sort of just the horrors from across the world just just etch a deepening sadness onto your face. But a sky van was chuffing down, obviously intending to land on his property. Emblazoned across its underbelly in glowing neon was Sexy Andy's Rentals and Repairs. So I was just wondering that Sexy Andy's, we all know what that is, but that's that's really the sort of thing that thrives in the rental market. Yeah, well, here's here's the other thing about this really sexy Andy. It had been programmed to talk like, um, I don't know, Mel Brooks from 1961 or something. (laughs) You schlub, called the naked redhead. You haven't even kept up the payments on me. (laughs) She tosses in a putz as well. But yeah, that was another thing. As as the house was sort of uh, disappearing, then then the sexy Andy just sort of sat there as they engaged in the rest of their banter back and forth. But I didn't get, like, where is it sitting? Like, what part of the house is structural and which is not? You know what I mean? I didn't, where was she sitting? Yeah, I guess, like, the uh, the, the round waterbed that she's on, uh, inevitably, is is real. But just the walls and stuff. So he bought, but he has the plot of land, but they took his house away? Yeah, because, like, the, the the main part of a house is not the walls and the roof, you know, that would fall, you know, fall down like the, in that Buster Buster Keaton clip. Like, you know, the the foundation is pretty expensive, as is the, uh, you know, the sink that he poured the drink from, the the bed that the sexy Andy, Andy is sitting on. So <laughs> it doesn't really save you that much if all you're doing is putting up uh, privacy walls. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was a plot of land in a very <laughs> desirable area of GLA. Am I correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was in the Watts district. Okay. All right, so he sends him on to once again. This is just a this is just a conversation that is a red herring, as far as I can tell. I mean, they talk about yeah, Sonny Hakori. They talk about uh, Winter Guild. They talk about uh, Bennett Sands, um, and but they they sort of like come to the conclusion that maybe this guy was running tech. Maybe he was. Uh, uh, trying to destroy all the tech, and maybe he was working in league with any of those people we just mentioned. And that's all that happens for the next two chapters, just to give it away, is they <laughs> speculate on whether Sonny Hakori is doing it, or Bennett Sands, or the doctor, <laughs> and the doctor is having an affair. So just to, I mean, I'm not going to bury the lead here. That's pretty much what happens, right? It, it, yep, that's what we get. It's uh, It really is like those... Um, it's like, uh, give, give me uh, five variations of the same scene. And it sort of just takes place in different uh, different situations and with different people. But they all uh, they all just sort of touch on how these people are doing. Uh, the first one of them, though, is he goes to uh, he goes to like a university. He goes to SoCal Tech. OK, he... so yeah, all the all the all the venerable institutions um, also collapse and then these new um, new new fake sounding uh, schools spring up in their place. Right. And he double times it up the steps and goes through the plaza doors. Yes. He goes up a, a walk ramp. Yes. And he, he meets the librarian, a chrome plated, his humanoid <laughs> face reminding Jake of winger. The, yes. The most famous chrome plated yeah. person. Our favorite. Uh, how so is far. winger doing, man? I mean, oh. wow. The <laughs> winger. I hope that tech kill is about winger exclusively. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like the uh, the way that everyone, when uh, when 
psycho started. Everyone was like, oh, this movie is going to be about uh, this star actress Janet Lee, And then they, they pull that surprise on you, psycho, uh, <laughs> like that, just in, the rest of it's not. So, I mean, hey, I, I, I was reeled in hook, line, and sinker. You start a book with these vivid descriptions of Winger and his uh, white suit and his uh, paisley undershirt and his uh, sound resembling a laughter. And you're like, why would they waste all this time describing this guy if this isn't the main character? And hey, that's uh, that's uh, Goulart reeled us in. I, I oh man, I miss his voice already since we heard him <laughs> earlier. Uh, this leads to a great sentence though. This is this robot that he talks to who is chrome plated. Keep prof that smarts. Yeah, professor. Well, prof smarts. Yeah, prof. They don't even do <laughs> professor. And then this leads to this great sentence. Uh, there was a plaque on this uh, smart bot, whatever that says. This is a licensed Prof Smarts copyright 2118 uh, by Ed Aid Limited, one of 162,000 <laughs> serving universities and colleges around the world. For service, call Arcade Ant, Oxnard Sector, GLA. And My just God. Like, why did you, what, what are you wasting words? What is this? Yeah, it's not supposed only to be words. funny or what? What is that? Uh, so yeah, it, it, the, a woman signs up for this to get some information. Like it's a library essentially. She wants some information, but you have to pay for it. And the, the prof smart says, "We'll cut you a deal." This page long section ends with Jake reminded himself he had a date and moved on. Mm-hmm. So he, <laughs> so some. Uh, I didn't understand that at all. What does so the woman asks for information, Lana, and Professor <laughs> Smart's winks at her. Like, are they having an affair? Like, what is that supposed to be? I didn't understand yeah. that. I guess it's like a sort of like the the going to sexy office hours cliche. Like, why don't you see me like after hours and maybe we could work on some extra credit. But like, it's a one. It's a it's a it's a video box. It's essentially like he stopped to watch someone use an ATM or a red box, and yeah. then like had to remind himself. Oh wait. I have some place to be, and that's a mundane interaction in this society that takes place every day. Um, like, I better get going. Well, Connor, he has been <laughs> in the freeze for one. Wait, no, four oh, years. Four years. Oh my God. So yeah, that 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 bugged the hell out of me because it was essentially just like, um, here's a slice of life, um, but inserted in the clumsiest way possible. But then he goes. So this confused me. So he's at the college. So okay. he passes this, he goes past the library, reminded himself he has a date, he moves on. So he goes up the ramp. Not a walk ramp. Not a walk ramp. Let's so make that very clear. <laughs> and it's a student faculty drinking area. Mm -hmm. And then there's a silver beaded curtain and he walks into a saloon. So it's called yeah. the high technology saloon. Okay. What is he describing here? Are, is it just, again, supposed to be funny that colleges now have these sleazy saloons yeah. or something? I think it's mo meant to be a joke that there's a student faculty drinking area. I, I, I honestly... I'm not I'm not getting the joke. I, I, I agree. It's probably meant to be one. <laughs> and then I'm further confused by this. The uh, Pat... What's her name? Patricia Wong. She's a pretty Chinese woman. She's sitting with a pudgy man in a candy-striped suit who she immediately touches on the temple and zaps, and so he falls face-first into a bowl of soy pretzels. Yeah. What, what is happening here? <laughs> who are we supposed to be picturing? Right. And she turns out to be a teacher yeah, who's she's... sitting with a, a man in a candy-striped suit? <laughs> so candy-striped suit, I mean, a candy-striper is called that because of, like, Pep 
it's like peppermint. Is that the way it is? Like a candy cane? I thought that he was going for that. He may have been talking about a chalk stripe suit, which implies like a, you know, a sleazy chalk stripe is the thicker one that, you know, that's like a 20s, like zoot suits would have chalk stripe instead of pin. Those were thicker. And those tend to be a little more like, you know, that's a little gaudy. So I assumed, but, but candy striped suit. Sure. And you and this would be the sort of thing where like if, if that sleazy guy was there and this was their equivalent of, you know, the double deuce, the most Eisley Star Wars cantina, like and, you know, he's like slobbering over her and she tases him. Uh, you know, the music stops for the piano music stops for two seconds and everyone goes back to what they're doing. But this is evidently like a, a university bar. And, you know, he could have easily been like that. That was the dean of the finance department. You <laughs> <Yes>. just tased <laughs> like <laughs> we, we don't let just any random idiot off the street up here. That's what I don't. That, uh, that's what I'm just I'm not understanding that. I'm sorry. Okay. Sure. So, well, it get, lets him get off a great uh, introductory uh, quote, which is Jake says, remind me not to fondle you. Which yes. she, she does not address and just sort of like moves on as if, you know, he's like, ah, that was stupid, stupid, stupid. That was a, a backup dumb sentence of the week, by oh, the way, because <laughs> that's pretty good. That's the whole of the sentence. Remind me not to fondle you. It's uh, right. She's like, aren't you married? I <laughs> That was last time I saw you. You were very much married with a son. Yes. She follows the pretty young woman. No, she says, let's go to another table because. There's a large man in a candy striped suit passed out into a boil a bowl of soy pretzels. So they go to another table, and he describes the table. Where is it? I have it right here. It's a ebony, a chrome and ebony table. So I was like, "Well, clearly this is Winger, like transformed himself into a table and is sitting here." <laughs> because that's uh, Chrome and Winger are synonymous in my mind. I'm sorry yeah. you can't dissuade me from that. It's amazing that Jake didn't just like fall to his knees and be like, "My God, Winger!" Like turned you into a table. Oh, this is why we haven't seen you for the past 14 chapters. Oh my God, it would make no sense for you to just disappear from the story because they made you into such a character in the beginning. But now it makes all too much sense now, Winger. <laughs> And then Patricia uh, zaps him, and he falls into his soy pretzels. And see, uh, yeah, but she uh, they they order up some beers. She explains to him uh, what she assumes Kitteridge's plan could be. It's the sort of thing where like nobody knows this, but like everyone's either heard stuff or formed their own plan. So she presents to you a plan, which we just assume is is correct immediately. But it was a long, long, detailed plan, and the, my takeaway was. There's like RF waves that can take out every chip via satellite. Right. Uh, right. And uh, she also tosses in a he, he also he's like, oh, he has also, by the way, just has another casual interest in uh, super androids that can pass for humans. <laughs> the way that you would like toss in, you know, like, oh, yeah, he's also uh, he's gotten really into, uh, you know, Django Reinhardt recently. Uh, <laughs> right. But that. That seemed a little too uh, Chekhov's gunny to me. And so that's my theory about the uh, super hot daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, of course, it. But I, I like that <laughs> <laughs> I like that she says, ones that can pass for human in every way. And I just thought to myself, their first move was just to stop giving them chrome eyelids. <laughs> You're already ahead of the game. You might be fooled from five feet if you stop that. Right. Yeah, that the makeup on the woman who immediately had to say, I'm not an android. Because she looked so much like an android that they're so so fake, but um, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and every way, yeah, every way. And it's like okay, all right, like 
the sex ways. I knew what you were applying I, like, would hit yes. every way. You don't have to. Yes, of course. <laughs> but then she, uh, she, she, in this, so in this meeting, the second meeting of the chapter, the third meeting of this section, she uh, makes a bold suggestion, which is he ought to really go talk to Hilden Dannenberg in a meeting. So I, I enjoyed them setting up meetings during their other meetings. It was a, <laughs> it was a very recursive structure. Well, let me tell you, I'm again, I don't want to spoil anything, but no, if you're listening to this, you've read it already. You know that he has a meeting with his doctor. Now, this meeting here, they went to a bar and they drank a few <laughs> drinks together. When he meets the doctor, they go to a bar and they have a few <laughs> drinks together. So stay tuned for that. They were uh, they had dark ales here, uh, which came up through a hole in the in the table summoned, you know, through a futuristic thing in the the next meeting is in Mexico. So they have Mexican beer, which a waiter brings them. So I, which leads me to one of my don't spoil it. One of my okay. favorite sentences. Ever. OK, but now, this beer, when it came up through the table, which did it come up through the chrome or the ebony? <laughs> how dare you not? How you you're leaving me hanging here. Maybe it's ebony because dark ale has spilled on the chrome. Oh, that's it. Yeah. It's having just like congealed and they've not sopped it up. Uh, they go to uh, after this meeting, he goes and has a meeting with Gomez, which they gloss over. Fortunately, he he did just says he he told Gomez everything that had happened. And I thought it was admirable restraint to not recount everything to Gomez yet again. Yeah. Gomez sitting there in his white plastic cast. <laughs> but. I'm yes. surely you've highlighted this. Of course, yes. There has been a tragic Gomez is worse off than we thought. Yeah. Because he, he, he... he seems coherent. He's speaking. He seems in good spirits. His yep. plastic cast is on. He's healing. But my God, tell, tell him what uh, is wrong with Gomez. Well, he's, he's survived the explosion. He's, he's checked in with his loved ones. Uh, however, his curly hair was somewhat subdued tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh that was a near spit take for me like that that is it was somewhat subdued <laughs> yes exactly it's still so like, it's like his know. hair was injured in the blast as well but it's doing okay yeah <laughs> it's like you know i'm not gonna let it get me down you know i still gotta just like get out there exercise we went to uh lauren and i went with our both of our parents to to lunch um you know a couple days after thanksgiving uh we ordered a brussels sprout dish that came with bonita flakes on it Oh, and it was my, bouncing like his hair? My parents nearly did not eat it. They were so put off by the fact that their food was moving. Wow. I have not. I mean, I've had, I, I like Benito a lot. I don't think I've ever seen it in the moving form. It's always sort of been in the soup or something. Oh, yeah. If it comes not dry, like it's like, on, if it's on a, a dish that's still hot, it's just like going every which way. And uh, Sure. But, <laughs> so yeah, very, not good on your food. Probably even worse when you're looking at someone's hair. Yes. As I said, he's in good spirits, which you can tell because he says he once again reiterates that the crash could have been faked. He talks about Beth Kitteridge again without oh, yeah. his tongue slobbering <laughs> out of his head, which I thought was an admirable restraint. And then says, uh, you know, which, could she have been involved in it? Jake asked. Yeah. And uh, he says she's supposed to be smart. Would, wouldn't she be likely to inquire... Glorioski, Daddy. Why ever are we landing here in the middle of this great old big forest instead of the goddamn airport? Wow, I didn't. I glossed over that. What in the name of God is going on here? <laughs> That's Glorioski, not even recognizable Daddy. Nineteen nineteen twenties, uh, you know, swing music slang or seventies porn slang. 
I don't know. I've wow. never heard it. I don't know what he means. I mean, it's a Goulart original. Yeah. I mean, I'm hypnotized by his hair, although it is slightly <laughs> subdued, but I still am not buying the word Glorioski daddy. Why it's ever not... are we playing? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like, you know, uh, Victorian, you know, if you say she's calling him daddy as a 22 year old or something, that could be that type of thing. Like, uh, well, no, it is her dad, but and so he's putting on a little voice, but still, even in that context, I'm not allowing it. And so, yeah, I'm, but I'm, uh, Jake is not enjoying uh, what Gomez is presenting. Um, Gomez says, "You don't like this scenario." Jake says, "I don't," even though it's plausible. And Gomez says, "You object because it would mean Beth Kittredge is a party to a fraud, and you don't want to believe she's capable of anything like that." And I, I just. I need to know how hot she could possibly be. <laughs> He's only seen pictures, right? He's seen pictures of her. And like so we've all, you know, we've all seen hot people before. You know, there's no immediate like, you know, I don't pick up the Victoria's Secret catalog and immediately ascribe like sainthood to these women due to their level of hotness. Like yeah, it, it was. This is starting to trouble me too. It reminded me of a book I read years ago about uh, a biography of. Have you ever heard of Edie Sedgwick, who is sort of a model, and she was sure. around the Warhol scene and everything? Didn't she uh, die from smoking in bed? Yeah, and she burnt down the Chelsea Hotel twice or so, something <laughs> like that. Uh, but everyone in the book, they just kept describing her as like she was magnetic. People couldn't keep her their eyes off of her. And when she walked into a room, people stopped talking, and all they could think of was her. I was like... I, I'm not buying. I've seen human <laughs> beings before. I know how it works. Right. I mean, I've heard this about, you know, maybe George Washington, that people would wait <laughs> sure. to, hear what, to hear what he says. But Edie Sedgwick, like a model, I just, and anyway, it's reaching that level of, uh, you know, just unbelievability with this. Like, wh- who is she? Right. And yeah, so he's, he's, he, she's completely warped his sense of wrong and right, which if anything, if someone's like, you know, hot enough to be like that hot, you're like, well, they probably like actually like, have a, a bad sense of morals They'll probably use their looks to get what they want and probably are disconnected from the reality you and I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis as not super hot people. So it's, it's the opposite the way that it ever works in real life. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. Gomez does whip out his, uh, italics again. Good luck. I'm equal. I <laughs> hope you find them alive. He says, yeah, well, that really uh, that builds to something good because we're about to head to Mexico, uh, where oh. the, ita- the italics are going to become a primary character. Uh, but before that, let's uh, let's do some fan fiction. All right, let's do some fanfic for everybody. Yeah, people stepped it up last week and I believe they've stepped it up this week. So we will see how many you can get right. We got 5 for you this week. Um wait, did that, I my triumph was 2 weeks, two ago, weeks right? ago. Yeah, yep. dang. Yeah, I'm so far away from my triumph now. I'm a loser yeah. again. Yeah, it's like uh it's like your your team won the Super Bowl like 15 years ago at this point in time. What have you done for <laughs> us lately? The fans are burning jerseys. They're calling for the Calling for the backup quarterback. It's it's sad times. Yep, they fired um, my coach. <laughs> All right, so we got five. The first one. Ready? Yep. Jake bolted upright in the cerulean plastic chair. When were you going to tell me you got converted to a damn half mech? The preferred term is cyborg, Tipo, Gomez corrected. And I didn't tell you because this is how I figured you'd react. Jake shuddered as he ran his palm roughly through his hair. You're supposed to be one of the good ones, man. 
Gomez wrapped on his nickel-coated power prosthetic leg. I'd have been one of the dead ones if I'd hadn't had this conversion done, hermano. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. Right. Adapting and learning. That's indistinguishable. <laughs> but I think right. I have my clue and I have my answer. All right. Carry on. Okay. Number two. Hey, Chop Suey, shouted Mama Reina at a Chinese tourist who was aiming his camera at a row of view screens. You were supposed to check your goddamn camera. No pictures allowed in here, so hand it over pronto. I wasn't informed of this, he replied, leaning over the golden railing on the third level. Being an accredited sociologist and not some perverse thrill seeker, I intend to employ my camera until... Nuts! The big robot swung up her right arm and aimed a chrome forefinger at his chest. A, th a thin, crackling beam of greenish light shot out of the tip of the metal finger, hitting the Chinese square in the forehead. He gasped, teetered for about nine seconds, and then came falling toward the floor. Wow, I thought I had that one pegged when the railing was golden but not chrome, and then the chrome came. <laughs> oh, okay. That was two, right? Yeah, that was two. Okay, all right. Carry on. Three. Do you think Rafe Vargas is really jealous of you? Meaning he might have a less romantic reason for trying to get me killed? Beth nodded. Not that you are a formidable rival, Jake, but yes, it might be that Vargas, despite his closeness to your old friend Warbride, is linked up with someone else. Such as Sonny Hakori or one of the other tech kingpins? Yes, or possibly even Bennett Sands. I have a vague impression that I heard him discuss Vargas with my father once. Linking his fingers, just Jake rested his chin on them. Let's keep that in mind when we meet Vargas. You've arranged a way to get us across to Warbride? Yeah, but I had to prog promise Odgen Swires an exclusive interview with you. Okay. So we have oh, a, yeah. man, this was the uh, throwing all the names at me, who I still <laughs> can't keep straight because we haven't met any of them. Yes, exactly. Rafe oh, Vargas, Sonny Hakori, Bennett Sands, Odgen Swires. Yeah, uh, wow. Okay. All number, right. th number four, number four. Tech fantasies were a complex art form. Not everyone wanted their same thing out of their dreams, after all. While many simply wanted a reassurance of their happiness and life's worth, others wanted more complicated dreams that required more elaborate construction. As a result, among the tech syndicates, there was a need for skilled crafters who could weave the most complex of delusions into a coded chip. Jake had heard of the current top fantasy, one that ran to a premium and cost a small fortune per chip. The fantasy was an elaborate one that took the user well out of their own reality. Instead, they played the role of a particularly charismatic, intelligent, brave, and daring starship captain in his trek across the stars. No. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Oh, Could it boy. be? Could oh, it be? Oh, no. That's a, that's a Kobayashi Maru right there. I can't win. All right. Yeah, right. The final one. Jake entered the warehouse and looked around at all the androids. There was one nearly seven years old and a woman who was three quarters near 45. <laughs> then, he, then he pulled off the next ones, warping to see himself. Jake turned around to see his old partner hold a gun to him. I told you not to dig into this, he said as his hair swished around. What is going on? Jake asked. While you were asleep, we androids have been slowly replacing the people we are built to look like. We got sick of getting blown up or doing meaningless work. We started to replace all the important people and are now in charge. Jake looked around, realizing how this all made sense. <laughs> oh, no. Well, look, again, I don't have my lucky pencil. I have a pen this time. So this could, uh, this could be a bloodbath. But I'm just going to dive right in. I think, right. 
One. I, one was fan. Two was fan. Three was fan. Four was real. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bite. Five was fan. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Oh, no, you got a lot of them wrong. Oh, well, one was fan. That, that was written by Josh uh, with the uh, dual italicized tipo and mano. Uh, Cerulean plastic chair is nice. Yes. Like okay. Uh, number two, where she where she hits the Chinese swear in the forehead is real. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. So that that one that's real. That has the uh, I, this was a trope. The the uh, Asian tourists with cameras that was in like Gremlins two and like I feel oh, like yeah, other that's movies old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, without mentioning all the people who we have not met and are not there, uh, that was real. No way. <laughs> That was good. That was unbelievable. In the span of, I think, seven sentences, they mentioned five people that are not there. Oh, but that's all the book has been so far. (laughs) So we're in a future place and they're still doing it? Yeah, he finally gets to meet up with the hottest woman in the universe and they discuss all these other people. Uh, Number four, the the captain across the stars. I I thought that was too fake, but it also seems like there was a chance he slipped that in there. I thought maybe Goulart did it and Shatner went like demurred and went, no, we shouldn't do that. It's like, (laughs) no, it's it's it'll be worth it. Trust me. That was my thinking. The most self-indulgent thing in the entire world could have been in here. And then the last one was also fan. Uh, sorry, that, that one with the uh, fanfic with the fantasy of the captain was Jill. And the last one was fanfic by Jennifer. I didn't understand some of the last one, but I figured it would it would fit in there as uh, potentially just stuff we didn't understand in the real book. Yeah. Wow. That was know, well done. Complete failure on my part. I didn't know what a woman who was three quarters near 45 meant. Oh, I think that, that that's what made me laugh. <laughs> I think that was his obsession, his weird way of stating ages. Uh, yeah. We had a couple of those, and the one was damn near 36, and the <laughs> other one was some fraction of being near 40 or something. So, yeah. yeah then, it might have been typed on a phone because there was a few things that I fixed that I were like, I thought autocorrects, but then he pulled off the next ones warping to see himself. I think that might have been hoping to see himself. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, maybe. But you know, hey, you never you never can tell with this book. So yeah. well done, everybody. That was uh, yep. very sneaky. You got me. You got me. Back to O uh, four. Uh, well, um, now now you're just the Cleveland Browns of this operation. So uh, the the continued failure will be expected and uh, embraced. People will start showing up wearing paper bags to the games. <laughs> they'll be having fun with it. Um, all right, so chapter 14 is when we finally get to the Borderlands, uh, which is the uh, strip of uh, you know land between the border that, uh, I guess, Mexico runs. So it's sort of a Mexico extension. And uh, believe it or not, this is not portrayed with a uh, tactful uh, nuance that we've come to expect from our, uh, from our co-authors here. Indeed, it's not. But I would before <laughs> we get into this, which is pretty much the theme of the next two chapters, um, I just want to point out that he... Uh, through the dust streaked plast sorry, I, I went for plasta and plas windows of the land cab he'd taken from the airport. Oh wow. What the hell is he doing in a land cab? Oh uh, yeah, that's embarrassing. I mean, so it's a cab. We had a word <laughs> for that. It's you took the cab. We have the eight new words. In fact, nine, there's one coming up, which I won't spoil as well. But he so why is he taking a land cab? That's, I mean, I guess it just has to be, he's, you know, he's, he's realized that this is going to be a big case and his expense accounts already tapped out. So he's taking the land cab instead of the air cab, which is the more efficient and uh, luxurious way. Well, let's dive right into the quasi, I, 
is it, I don't know, is it racist? I, I don't know what to, I don't, I hate to label things as racist and, you know, they're not. It's just, a, yeah. he just dives yeah. into the cliches of, of Tijuana in a way that right. Uh, <laughs> right. are pretty much straight down the line. There's no invention here is what I'm saying. Right. I mean, I've, you know, I've been to Tijuana, like, cause we used to live across the border from it. Have you ever been down there? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, sure. It's a, there's a, there's a thriving, you know, legitimate city full of culture and stuff down there. As soon as you walk across the border, this is the type of stuff that you see, which is the serapes and the, uh, sombreros and zebra painted donkeys. So it's, it's, it's not their culture. It's what people come down there wanting to see and put on and buy as souvenirs. Yeah. But like that's what you see when you go there. So like whatever. It's like it's 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 probably like not. But this is the weird thing yeah. is that they they could easily could they show up and they uh, there's a cabbie who picks him up and says like caramba we just arrived senor and he was copper colored and his costume was a multicolored serape and tasseled sombrero. Yes. So you could easily do the thing which like a lot of places have done like is uh. And what was I watching recently? But you, you're like, OK, like now it's the future. So now we're racist against droids. Like that's a that's a here. That's a spin on this whole thing. Like um, we watched the, a very bad movie recently called uh, the, there's a puppet movie, the, the Happy Time Murderers, where it's like, oh, it's just the, now we're just racist against puppets. So you could do something clever with that. But like they're like, oh, no, we're just going to be racist against the same people. But we're just make the droids embody the racist stereotypes like so we don't have to. Oh yeah, I mean his. I just put down his cabbie is full out uh, Speedy Gonzalez, you know. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and then he asks him about it. He says, uh, "Am I? Uh, yeah. Am I sufficiently Baffling. picturesque and colorful enough? More than enough." And he's like, he's wisecracking with a, you know, like. Yeah. And then he says, uh, "Jake climbed out of the cab. Well, they just might want to run a few more tests. Adios." So he gives him a little slight. Wow. I don't know what that quip means. I don't know what it means either. It's I like, think I there's think... there's a couple of Jake quotes where I think he knows that he has to throw a crack, but he doesn't know how to do it or what it means. So he just says stuff in an arch way and hopes that that because he's like, no, you are, uh, yeah, you are definitely wearing a serape and going, uh, ay caramba, yeah, you're you got it nailed. I mean. Right. Uh, yeah, but I, I couldn't tell if he like is taking offense to this because he does that a little bit later on too. I mean, Jake speaks Spanish. He grew up in GLA, so he must have some sort of, you know, appreciation for this. But I, it also seemed like they've been doing this stuff for a long time, so I'm not sure what he's uh, what he's objecting to here. No, uh, but I do like the description of it, and you might have a different takeaway. Here was mine with the uh, this. This is all caps of like all the signs and everything shouting at him right as he uh, yeah. pulls up in his cab. Paco's Poker Place, Crap Shooters Club Deluxe, Movie Museum Bordello, Sleep with Andy Replicas of Your Favorite Stars Past and Present, Rooster Fight Stadium, Casa del Bingo, Mama Levita's Natural Bordello, Live Hookers Only, Wrestling Hall, <laughs> Strong Men versus Robots. <laughs> and the thing that struck out to me is the, uh, why does he get all demure and formal over cockfights? Like, yeah, right, yeah. Rooster Fight Stadium. <laughs> There's a term for that. You're talking about live sex bots and everything. Right. He's like, look, I don't want to offend anyone. These are rooster fights. I don't want to say a naughty word here. Yeah, that is really bizarre. I noted that too. Uh, and I noted a, uh, that I just wish that the uh, sleeping with Andy replicas was actual like replicas of famous Andes. Yes. Like if you could go in there and have Andy Warhol or uh, you know Andy Murray or something like that. The Andy Dick would, of course, be the real Andy Dick. <laughs> I love it. It's great. 
Uh, yeah, that was fun. That's a, a, list, a, list, a list of fun things uh, that you can go down in Mexico. But yeah, the, the idea that you go down there and, uh, you know, go from the live sex acts to be like, well, I, I can't see even the word cock depicted on a sign. That would be a... Please, put a, put a <laughs> covering over that, like a table leg. It's, it's uh, turning me on. So he goes for a, uh, he goes, he, he checks into a hotel and uh, goes then for a meeting with Ernest Manzano, who I guess is the commander of the Borderlands forces. Yeah, Ernie, um, this is a great character too. He's, everyone he meets seems to me like he could be the, the, a crusty detective from, right. I mean, I everyone, he does, he has no variation on it, except I guess maybe Gomez, he's not yeah. a crusty detective, his hair gives him away. Yeah, crusty Mexican detective, um, but yeah. <laughs> But the yeah, I realized at the beginning I was like I'm doing I'm lapsing into this voice of like what are you gonna do? I was like I'm doing this a lot during this book because that yes. is pretty much every character we're encountering. But yeah, the uh, well, so Ernest is pretty much that character. He has one um, one quirk that set him apart that I I noticed, um, and it's another one where he does an action that I couldn't really. I couldn't really picture what it was supposed to mean or how it was supposed to even be interpreted. What is that? Uh, what do you got? He says uh, he's like I'm. He's like, I'm. Jake says, I'm curious how long you think War Bride will hold out, will hold on to control. Quite a while. Manzano raised his left hand almost shoulder high and fluttered it. The Mexican government is not in great shape just now. Fluttered his hand. He does it twice. He oh, says is most. It- is most he doing consider, like the eh sign? Like the, maybe. I don't most know. People consider, yeah, because he says most people consider Bennett Sands to be honest and honorable hombre. And you, he fluttered his hand again. I have no proof to the contrary. I <laughs> guess so. I guess it's a, eh, but he's doing it sort of up by his shoulder. That's weird. And it's like, uh, he, in response to how long do you think she'll hold on to control? Quite a while? That doesn't warrant the, eh. <laughs> I guess it could be towards the Mexican government is not in great shape just now, but it's, uh, I had a, uh, this reminds me, I had a a neighbor who his gesture was the, um, you know, dusting your hands and showing them to the, to the deal, like you're a card dealer as you leave the table or whatever. And he would just do that in the middle of conversation (laughs) when it had no, and it's, you know, it's a powerful visual when you see it because it's so distinct, like that this means something very, like, you know, hey, there you go, and I'm out of here kind of thing, or I got nothing. Uh, and he would just do it in the middle of sentences, and I kept puzzling out, what, which part am I attaching that gesture right. to? Man, you <laughs> see gas prices these days? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I wish wow. he'd just fluttered his hand at shoulder level. That would have been a lot easier to understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, that, that was pretty much my takeaway from Manzano. That and the... Uh, when his when his uh, vid phone is activated, it makes a faint hooting sound, um, <laughs> which sounds like a weird custom ringtone. Ah, yeah, my kid was messing around with it, and now it sounds it hoots every time there's a. Yeah, it's in a sub menu. I can't fix it. I just don't have the time to get into it. But he does. He makes a brag about that phone, an unnecessary one. I thought he, oh, it I... rings, and he goes, "That's my tap-free phone." You know, like, <laughs> oh, excuse me, let me just grab my uh, brand new iPhone off the. Uh, <laughs> Like, yeah, you're a, a cop, like I assume, like Jake is in this world, so like tap-free right. is not going to add anything to it. It's like, right. Yeah, I understand, because you're, uh, you're yeah. a government official who's operating at the most base level of competence, so yeah, I would hopefully, this, your, your, your calls are secured. Yes, my tap-free phone, baby. <laughs> uh, um, the, the, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, he goes back to his, so he talks to this guy. So he's in the crusty guy's place. And then he gets a phone call 
from his own crusty captain. <laughs> Right? Yeah, they're just sitting there talking about Bennett Sands and uh, Sonny Hikori <laughs> like you do. <laughs> this is what we've, this is all we've done so far. And then a phone call about Kate and Dr. Kitteridge and everything. And then he just goes back to his hotel and that's it. He, maybe the uh, maybe his old crusty captain was like, you know, you sort of like get the hair stand up in your arm. You you suspect that, you know, uh, someone's having a, a, a good time without you. You've got FOMO. So you're like, hey, are you guys talking about Bennett Sands without me? Right. But when he <laughs> goes right. back to his here was another uh, bit of that. Uh, what What is Goulart uh, Shatner saying about Mexico? He said there was yet another pungent and unpleasant odor in Jake's fifth floor hotel room when he returned to it late yep. in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> um well, what are you saying about uh well, what are they saying because i went back and looked for it there's never a mention of the pungent and unpleasant odor he gets out of his cab and says he goes to check in bam cut to meeting with ernesto manzano but ernesto manzano this is what i looked at and got confused about too his office smells of damp earth oh okay but okay. That, but that has nothing to do with so yet another pungent smell in his hotel room is very specific. Yes, He's saying that there was a one before, and right. there's yet another one. So it's a distinct and different <laughs> pungent and unpleasant smell. That's how I read it. Yeah. But yeah, the federal Mexican federal police building was large and smelled faintly of damp earth. So he's got a real problem with. <laughs> Yeah, wow. The got, odors you know, down south of the border there. We build a uh, a, a Hogan or Wigwam um, out of uh, clay since we are in Mexico. That is, we do not have modern uh, modern building things. And uh, the uh, donkey painted like a zebra will take your coat. Yeah. You. <laughs> uh, but, so that's so the end was, of it, uh, the chapter. Well, there, yeah, the, he, he, um, he get, it ends with a large, wide Mexican cyborg charging at him. Yes, um, our first action right. scene since uh, the brief one we had way back. Yeah. It's the first action scene since the guy remind, remembered that Bennett Sands owed him money, but then he remembered it was Sonny Hakori who owed him money, and so he promised he would get in touch with him later to get that money back. I thought <laughs> the action scene where they briefly talked about Dr. Kitteridge was the <laughs> most thrilling. But this scene confused me a great deal. And it, it I, re I later realized what I was missing and I felt slightly stupid, but it was also very poorly done. Okay. So yeah, it, it's, he's identified as the, as a large wide Mexican cyborg. So I did not understand how he knew he was a Mexican cyborg. I didn't know if he was also, um, uh, wearing a serape or if he was, um, you know, carrying a pinata or trying to sell me a large plastic replica of the last supper, um, but it turns out, and then, and then it, it uses all this weird stuff to, um, to describe him. It starts describing him as, you know, the cyborg. Then it just starts describing him as the big man. He, he punches him and kicks him and he, he cries out in pain. And then when he cuts off his cyborg arm, he bleeds everywhere. And so it took, I went back and looked at it and it was like, oh, okay. Cyborg is a person who's had, he got like a metal arm attached to him. Oh, what? I was reading it as like a robot, essentially. That's what I know? did. I didn't understand. I thought he was a, I thought this was just like a, uh, you know, alien thing. The, you know, the movie Alien, where he's, I thought he was one of the indistinguishable creatures. And Android, so they are sort yeah. of have blood, but they're, you know, come on. We know the Westworld thing here. I thought right, it was like yes, that. Exactly. I thought it was that deal. 
Yeah, no, I, I went back and like looked. I mean, I think it's when he talks to the next guy he has a meeting with. That guy knows who this guy is and is like, oh, he says something about him. And the second time I read it, something clicked and I was like, oh, he, you know, I guess a cyborg technically means you have had like enhancements done to you. But I think for the most part, this is just a guy who's had a um, Thanksgiving uh, turkey carver knife put on as his arm. Wow. Okay. Well, count me as one who never even got that far because I, th- those were all my questions. He dealt him three sharp blows to the kidneys. Right. So I'm just like, well, that's a mistake in cyborg. Right. Yes. <laughs> Putting these vulnerable kidneys in them. But um, so, oh, well, there you go. Yep. I, di- I did not know that, and I did not catch that at all. It's because it's in, it's terribly written. The cyborg <laughs> went tumbling into the corridor and landed flat out on the orange, yellow, and red carpeting. Jake dived toward him. The man made a growling, muttering noise and lashed out with the blade. Yeah, I thought I I guess I just read over the man part and went. He's describing you know the metal man, the cyborg man, the yeah. you know man like figure, whatever. So wow. All right. Yeah. Again, calls him the big man multiple times, which, you know, I was wondering if Clarence Clemens had uh, <laughs> thrown apart, thrown down the saxophone and decided to go into the cyborg game. Well, um, this, this obfuscates rather than uh, clarifies blood splashed, like you said, along with broken twists of wire and twisted nuts and bolts. Right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So ah. he, he, they bolt the thing on. They literally somehow bolt a knife right. onto your arm. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's so, yeah, it, it took, took me a long time. I'm, I'm sure we're not the only ones. I'm glad that happened to you too. But yeah, it got me very, very caught up. I guess we need to rewatch the uh, Van Damme cyborg trilogy. Yeah. Well, at least the, the big man leaves with quite a, <laughs> a quite a bone mall. Screw <laughs> you, muttered the big man and your mother. So that's his parting shot to him. In Spanish. He and Jake were going back and forth in Spanish, which um, evidently he's quite fluent in. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, so after that encounter, he repacks his suitcase, tosses in the knife hand wrapped in a Paloma hotel a towel. He phoned the desk and arranged to check out. He left no forwarding address. Yeah, that was another one of those where it's like, okay, you read this in another book. Yeah, yeah, It exactly. doesn't make any sense here, and it's not funny. Right. Yeah, has anyone ever left a forwarding address upon leaving a hotel they stayed in for a night? <laughs> I, I like th- this line, too. The omniscient narrator says... By the time he was upright and able to breathe regularly, it was too late to chase the assailant. Uh, how do you know? I mean, the guy has his arm cut off. You're not even going to give it a shot. Like, just run out. He could be laying on the second stair down the balcony going, right, exactly. oh, shit. Oh, yeah, God. a lot of blood real quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he left a trail of mechanical parts and blood, so it would be very easy to follow. Yeah. Hey, I have your hand. You paid a lot for this. Uh, All right, so that's over. That's the last action we're going to get. Yep, yep. And now uh... back to beer and conversations, my friend. (laughs) He's he's approaching the meeting. Uh, He he looks up a thousand feet above a plasbottom tourist sky bust was drifting Uh, over. That's the one where it's just like, shut up! You took a land cab down here. And so, like, yeah, I, I get, you know, that's a glass-bottomed boat you use on, like, a snorkeling expedition. But I thought I'd said that was a new Plaslow. <laughs> it is. Man, just, uh, you know, just a, just a, uh, I'm clever is what they thought when they wrote that. Uh, I thought it was another treat for you because you first pointed this out to me and uh, I loved it. Is he goes to the, the Vox box, mm-hmm. which talks smack with him, right? 
when yeah. he go, when he goes to the um, Senior Blues Cafe, <laughs> which is where he's going to meet the the doctor, the yes. the one who was a cyborg herself. A uh, what do you call him? Uh, what are those things? Kamikaze. That, I'm not. I don't. What is that? Yeah. Uh, oh, she, yeah. She was a uh, uh, kamikaze robot. So she she went and touched another guy to. She blew herself up to take out someone else as part of a mission. Mm, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it uh, he punches the button. The Vox box is giving him crap or whatever. And then uh, after another thirty seconds, the door opened inward. <laughs> why? Why the thirty seconds? He's he's it's, having this little back and forth with the thing, and then he just needs to add in. It's it's a weird tick at this point. Yeah, Why are you all, adding in a third? So as a reader, I'm supposed to go, wow, okay, well, what was he doing during that time? <laughs> Again, that whole thing of like, hello, and banging on it. Right. And, it must have shorted out. It, maybe it's one of those bars where it's like a, a, a you have to do something sneaky to get in, and then once you're inside, you realize everyone uh, on the inside is watching the monitor, and they can see you. Like you know, no, d- touch your nose, and then we'll let you in. And then like, oh, the whole bar can see this. It's on behind the bar. Right. It's like most people walk away after 22 seconds, and so that's <laughs> really they're kind of their window to keeping people out. So he's like, it's time right. to keep the line low. Just come on, come back, come on. It's fun. Free <laughs> drink. Sorry for making you wait. Sorry, that was a weird. That's weird. We shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, so 30 seconds, then he goes in and he talks to... He well, Senior gets... Blues was located... Uh, uh, it's a neon-trimmed cafe that's located in a thin, quirky alley. Mm-hmm. I, I assumed that the alley like had its hair dyed blue and was playing like <laughs> ironic covers on a ukulele, you know, yes. just looking, at, looking adorable at us. Yes, and it calls him... Well, I, is it Senior Blue? No, it's PJ Ramirez. Sorry. <laughs> Which also sounds like the name of like a, a Fun Times uh, uh, Mexican eatery. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it's PJ Ramirez's. If I could get anybody some uh, chimichanga bites uh, while you're uh, waiting on those margs. We're not too serious about our Mexican food here. It's uh, authentic, but it's a lot of fun, too. <laughs> uh, PJ um, Ramirez was dark balding at about 50, and he, too, calls him Juanito. Yeah, so that's one we've heard before. Little John, yes. Little, yeah, Little John, Jake, the Jake. Jonathan, the Android, the Android, Little John, Juanito, <laughs> Cool Papa Bell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was weird. So all that uh, PJ does is it PJ? Yes, PJ yeah. uh, is shows him to his table to <laughs> see Doctor Dannenberg. Oh yeah, and Doctor Dannenberg. If you thought that uh, that. Uh, What's her name? Beth Kitteridge was hot. The introduction of Dr. Dannenberg is just the cartoon wolf reactions are out in full force. Dr. Dannenberg was leaning forward on her seat, plump elbows resting on the booth table, (laughs) stubby fingers intertwined to produce a lump of clutched fists. (laughs) That was, I didn't have it as a dumb sentence, but that that is quite a turn of phrase. What are you describing? (laughs) A clump uh, of... (laughs) <laughs> of clutched fists. Uh, yeah. And then later there's a, yeah, there's a, a description of herself. There's a self description. I'm, we're supposed to be seeing just a, a monstrous woman, right? <laughs> right? Stubby fingers. Uh, but before we get into his description of her, just a quick thing. Yeah. Uh, your spy walls, when you, I, I assume you have a spy wall in your place yeah. there. Yeah. You, know, you and Lauren, what are they made from? What do you make yours from? Oh man, I had to I had to sort of like skimp on the spy wall, so it's just sort of a regular regular um, reflective screen 
Oh, you should have used see-through one-way plastiglass. <laughs> and uh, follow-up question. If you had a guitar-playing robot in your cafe, out of what material would you make him? Oh, I mean, you know, you sort of want to treat the employees right, so you you don't want to go too much on anything ostentatious, so it probably was, would have gone. Um, I, you know, aluminum? Oh, chrome, you cheap <laughs> son of a... A chrome uh, guitar-playing robot who's next to the spy wall made of one-way see-through plastiglass. Well, listen, I can't expect it to be beholden to everything that happens at the alley. It's a quirky alley. <laughs> it's true. They're doing things unconventionally, if you can believe it or not. But yeah, so she, uh, they, they start to, believe it or not, talk about some other people that are not there. Uh, the doctor's stubby finger is parted. She put one hand on each side of the green table. I suspect several people. For instance, uh, do you know Sonny Hikori? Oh and I, I just wrote in the book, my God, I feel like I know Sonny <laughs> Hikori better than my own father at this point in time. <laughs> it was it was like another thing, like uh, another Simpsons reference. But when they when they Homer's idea for the Poochie character was whenever Poochie's not on screen, all the other characters should be asking, where's Poochie? <laughs> yes. Uh, but she says to him, which he he takes uh, right away without asking any questions. She says several tech lords. Since they're all apparently believe that I am still actively engaged in anti-tech research, I was just disappointed that, that there wasn't yeah. a tech lord. What is what is this now? <laughs> Explain that. Well, yeah, and that's okay. anti-tech research. <laughs> <laughs> just throw tech into anything, and he's baffled. Uh, but they're they're having beer, which I noted. She pounds her beer, Doctor Dannenberg, who has a lump of fists and stubby fingers and describes herself as not very attractive and doesn't want to be flattered because she knows she's ugly. Uh, she just pounds those beers. Yeah. We had an uh, email. Brad wrote in and said the same thing. He said, pay attention to how quickly everyone in this book's drink beer. In chapter three, Pat Wong drinks a beer in a page and a half of conversation. And chapter 15, Dr. Dannenberg finishes a beer in two and a half pages of quick conversation. Apparently women in the future really put it away quickly. <laughs> And uh, Jake signaled Ramirez, who'd been leaning against the bar and pantomimed the bringing of two beers. Yeah, I like that, too. I want to see that done. Yes, exactly. I want what it on you... my charades team. Yes. Because, he you know, quickly, clearly. There's drink. <laughs> yeah, but you what would be I'm PJ and you do a pantomime of, you know, like a drink. Like, what do you do? So you put something to your lips and I look <laughs> at you, you know. I, I don't flutter my hands, but I put them at shoulder apart, <laughs> right. both of them, and I go, ah. and then you uh, do it again, and you're like, um, uh, grain. How do I describe yeah. I start, yeah, grain the, being? The, I start like, you know, doing a, I'm, I'm, I'm working at a mill, so I'm putting on an apron. I've got a thing on my mask, uh, a mask to keep out the dust. I'm uh, like he's, milling the grain. He's putting then a I'm, harness on something. Oh, that's a donkey, and that is a... <laughs> No, that's no, a conical no. mill. That's a conical mill that you're doing. I, yes. I'm trying to do sounds like sparge tank. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, pantomiming two, because obviously Specific what he did was he held up gravity. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then it's like uh, he gets into like the specific hop pun that he's trying to sound out the yeah. name of. I just what on pick... pop? What on pop do you want me to do? <laughs> so I guess he did the spout thing. Uh, but he, you know, I just quickly, if someone did that to me, I'd be like, also, then you have to ask what, 
What kind? What? what you, yeah, exactly. Is he doing well, the holding well, a mug kind? up and please, doing the? Please, please, they are in Mexico, so he brings them Mexican beers. Uh, yes, of course. I'm sorry. The only beverage south of the border, the bebida. Yes. Anyway, no, no, that bebida, that cracked me up. I I mime <laughs> quickly mimed pantomiming to the bringing of two beers. Yeah. <laughs> But then the next time I, 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 I thought we added so much stuff that I didn't mean it. I think the next time he just, you know, signals for, I think it says he signals for a beer. And a, How? Yes. A completely different gesture for one beer. <laughs> uh, when he brings it over, by the way, he brought them two bottles of Mexican beer and two chilled glasses. Then he bows to the doctor, smiles at Jake and goes politely away. So this was, this is just more ceremony that I like in getting my Mexican beers than I would really ever want. <laughs> Could you just set them down, please? Right, yes, Bowing. Exactly. Next time we're going to a place where they just rise out of the chrome and I chrome yeah. and ebony table. You're wasting my time. Well, I assume that I mean, the, so the the whole conversation with the um, with this doctor is a lot of the same garbage, uh, hinting at Sonny Hakori's motives and uh, whether Bennett Sands is honest. I mean, it's it's sort of hilarious at this point in time. But the the main takeaway is her exchange uh, that begins with "We weren't just colleagues." Yes, yes. Yes. Indeed. And this is this is one that I I put put uh, eight exclamation marks after. There was a time when we were something closer than that. She paused, watching Jake's face. I know. You assume a man with a daughter as lovely as Beth must have had a lovely wife and would prefer lovely with women rather than. Which I did. I was stunned by reading that. Like he's got a hot wife, therefore he wouldn't assume a lump of stubby fists like me. <laughs> It's so weird. That yeah. is a, a a leap that I've never. I don't think I've heard any human make that before. Yeah, going backwards from the daughter, so then he wouldn't have an affair with like what? <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, he's like you know he's looking at her Tinder profile. You know she's looking at her stubby picture, looking over to Beth to compare whether her hotness is the same as his daughter's, as his daughter's like reading Us Weekly on the couch. Like you assume a lot of weird things about this guy and his daughter. Hey, I think she sounds fun. I mean, stubby fingers be <laughs> damned. She's pounding them beers. Yeah, she's fortunately she's able to grip the beers with the fingers in order to drink them as fast as she is, because otherwise yeah. uh, it might take a lot to drink them. Uh, the uh, the other thing she says after that that really I just. I, I need to know some answers after this is you've well, of course, as an operative for the Cosmos Detective <laughs> yes. Agency, you've seen her picture and possibly vid footage. She drank again. Many men tend to be qu- quite taken with her and possibly to their misfortune. They idealize Beth some. Like, is she Helen of Troy at this point in time? Like, we're going to be going to war over, you know, just Beth Kitteridge. Yeah, I mean. Think of the hottest, you know, when you, when you were in college and, and uh, you know, wh- whoever the hot model was at the time, you could be yeah. in a room of four people and, you know, you go, oh, man, she's hot. She's so, so hot. And, and one guy's going to go, I don't know, you know, right? Sure, she's, yeah. she's okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. You this know. is just not a universal phenomenon where everyone goes, oh, oh, my <laughs> God. Right. Oh. They're just like... They, they're going to kill for her immediately. Like they, she doesn't even have to ask. There's like, I'm going to kill somebody. And the fact that a woman would recognize that and then bring it up to him in several different ways <laughs> and comparing herself to like me, I'm a, you know, I crawl out from underneath the bridge after uh, threatening <laughs> Billy goats and everything. But, but she like the heavens part and she comes out of them in clouds. And I know 
So uh, oh, obviously man. she is an android and she's doing some <laughs> sort of spell or something through vid footage and plastic glass. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a clumsy reveal when we see it. Um, and I'm sure that the uh, Jake's disappointment when he won't actually be able to uh, to to get busy with her will be will be disappointing. But uh, or that's just our prediction. You know, maybe we're being suckered in by all this. Maybe we're doing the Iacane powder where we're, the twist is so obvious that we're going back on it to wonder what twist would be a twist when it's not that obvious. Yeah, I'm sure we've got a lot of uh, we're going to be corrected a lot before this book is over. <laughs> But, um, uh, boy, that's it for the actual, I don't, cause it just ends. The chapter ends with her saying, oh, here's something you, you'll want to go look at. And she hands him a map and a key. That's it. Yep. Yep. To no, a place no, where they... no wide cyborgs coming in at the end of this chapter. Right. <laughs> I assume at the end of that, she's like, oh yeah, you want, you're going to want to go to this place. Here's the key. And she's going to run outside and being like, I forgot to tell you the conference room that you're going to want to go to is conference room two. That's where the meeting will be. Um, that's where you'll be able to Skype in uh, Sonny Hikori. Uh, you, you might have thought there would be something exciting happening on the floor of this place. No, no, no. Conference oh. room. Oh, and by the way, um, I'm I'm a cyborg. That is, I, I, I my hands used to be sort of slim, and I had them right. replaced with stubbier hands. <laughs> yes. So. I am a pacemaker. Therefore, I'm a cyborg in this yeah. universe. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, that's it for that section. Let's do some, uh, let's do some emails, and we'll do some dumb sentences. We go to the party. We go to the game. All right, what do we got? All right, well, we first have an email from Paige who says, I have a theory about what Plaz is, which is good because we have no idea whatsoever. Uh, in the future, everything is owned by a corporate giant and they slap their terminology on everything they produce, similar to how Apple tax an I in front of everything iPhone, iPad, iOS. Some company must now produce all the chairs, shingles, glass, cups, eyes, cartoon, cartons, do- doors, mugs, windows, wood, brick, crates, leather, china, sacks, and sheets. Yes, I did just search all the time. Plaz is used in text. Oh, wow. So there we go. But does, a, uh, is that discounting Plasta then? Yeah, I think that it's clear that that's a uh, competitor, possibly oh, a third, okay. you know, <laughs> right. also ran like a type of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that would, that would, that would sum it all up. It's a big, uh, you know, mono, mono plaz corporation. Right. Uh, Elizabeth wrote in, uh, after the latest episode, I've been really focusing on the dialogue in tech war, more specifically the way no one is capable of speaking like a human being. Well, perhaps some of them are cyborgs, Elizabeth. Maybe you didn't think about that. In this week's reading, I got stuck on a couple of utterly incongruous uses of the word commence and then she lists them. Uh, I think this was the uh, porno guy, Jake, I'm commencing to be a bit offended and I was commencing to suspect that myself. And uh, she's a teacher, so she says, this is the sort of garbage I get when one of my high schoolers grabs a thesaurus and starts randomly swapping their words for fancier words without actually knowing what they mean. I wondered if this was, in fact, the case with our lovely ghostwriter, so I searched up some word frequencies within the book. Forms of the word commence crop up eight times, all used awkwardly as far as I can tell. Things began 22 times, and things or characters start a ridiculous 109 times. (laughs) Just scrolling through, it's mostly Jake starting to take very basic actions, starting to walk, starting to get up, starting to sit. So maybe an editor, what's that? Noticed that things were starting too much and a new word needed to be swapped in. I'm commencing to suspect as much. Oh, that's a great theory. That's I noticed the commence too, and uh, I thought maybe it doesn't quite rise to dumb sentence, but it's very clumsy. Yeah, I glossed right over it. I didn't notice it, but someone else submitted that as a dumb sentence. But yeah, it's sort of like when you would uh, in uh, 
in Spanish class where I would get something translated through a software and then you'd go and change it enough so that it didn't look like it was changed through the software. Maybe they're just doing that with uh, the editors doing that with the with the final text of the book. Right. A little uh, sort of a quasi uh, Jim Tice action there where he's clearly <laughs> writing with a thesaurus. And... <laughs> yes. Um, and now it's uh, let's do the dumb sentences. A sentence begins with a capital letter. A capital letter is a letter that's big. A capital letter is not a small letter. A capital letter is big, big, big. A sentence. Oh, I still like that theme. <laughs> Can't help it. Um, uh, yeah, everyone likes it, uh, especially our Patreon supporters, who we are more than grateful enough to. Uh, a lot of them submitted these dumb sentences and uh, emails, and we're happy every time that people do. It's uh, been very generous and encouraging to have people support this podcast. Yes, sometimes uh, when we were doing this before, it feels like you're barking into a microphone, going, "What am I doing?" So thank, <laughs> thank you for at least uh, coming along with us. Yeah, it's uh, Patreon.com/slash three seven two pages. Uh, they get the uh, episodes earlier than everybody else, so they can start goularding earlier. And also, they, uh, we do some stuff that only they get to hear. Last time we did another uh, Calibrate Your Tastes, and we learned some uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but... Uh, I realized that we didn't even get into one of my big things that will maybe skew everything. And we could do this <laughs> at another time, but it is... Uh, the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm a big fan. I, I, <laughs> and, uh, but and that's you mentioned for, this because it's tis the season. But uh, I, I I remain baffled. I've never seen really any myself. But I think we we probably need to delve into that. So well, we'll get I mean, into that. Well, it's it's very there's a uh, James Wenian thing to them all. There's themes that continue. So it's you know it's that it's uh, but anyway not not right. enough time to get into it. We'll do it at some other time. <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, look for that on our Patreon, and thanks to everyone else on there. The uh, the first stem sentence of the week is from Tom H., uh, and it, the sentence is, I haven't time, nor have you the knowledge, probably, to explain <laughs> the entire process. He, his commentary is, so his probable, so those, nor, ha, nor have you the knowledge, probably, is set apart by hyphens. So his probable no, lack of knowledge, as well as her lack of time, prevents her from explaining the process? Or does his probable lack of knowledge, as well as her lack of time, prevent him from explaining the process? <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours, Tom. <laughs> All right, and uh, we're going to skip to mine because we didn't get too many sent in this week. Uh, the uh, mine, I have two nominations. The first one, uh, the runner-up. The cabbie's head rattled slightly when he gave it a negative shake. Yeah, so that's, yeah. the, that's the, the booby-trapped cabbie. Uh, that, Giving his head a negative shake is an odd way to describe uh, shaking your head no. Um, I remember that too. Yeah, that one stuck out to me. Uh, but the 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 one that I, that won my dumb sentence of the week is, I think this is when he's fighting the cyborg, dodging. Jake kicked out with his booted foot. <laughs> that is not a good sentence. Uh, <laughs> no. I think we mentioned all of my other ones, but I did have one that survived. Oh. I'm I'm shocked that it did. This was from the the Andy, the repossessed Andy, okay. uh, from the the porno guy at the holographic, uh, what is it, Moroccan mansion, Moroccan style sure. mansion. Okay. Uh, she appears in her what is it, a hot tub or whatever, uh, or on a bed. Yes, yes, she's sitting in a bed inside the hollow house. She's naked. Yeah. The line is simply, "You pots," she accused. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> wow i did not pick up on that either you putts 
She accused. That's a, yeah, have an accusation. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. And it's so... It goes on to accuse him of not paying the bill, so it just sort of jumped the gun on the uh, on the modifier. I don't know. the the uh, Her whole demeanor, like, he got... Uh, was he watching the Sunshine Boys when he ordered, like, a Neil Simon thing? Like, look, you putts. <laughs> he stamps out his cigar into the, you know, Walter Matthau is his, his sex bot. Wow, that's doing? incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm accusing you of being a putz. Uh, yeah, that's what I... <laughs> All right, that's all I got. Yeah, I think that's all I got, too. So I think for next time, we're going to read uh, through Chapter 21. We look forward to getting your emails, reading your fan fiction. We look forward to uh, hearing a lot more about Bennett Sands from third parties and uh, really getting a chance to revel in the the just the ravishing hotness of uh, this guy's daughter. Maybe we'll get a chance to meet her and find out if she's actually an android or not. I'm still, I'm still in shock that that thing that you read was real. That they keep mentioning <laughs> Kitteridge <laughs> and Beth. Unbelievable! It's all he does is go from one location to another. So hopefully, I mean, more, more wide Mexicans. I don't know. That's the best <laughs> yeah. we can hope for. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone on Patreon yet again, and uh, we'll see you next time on 372 Pages. We'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs>